0: Hey everybody, I'm Aaron Glazer, Laps fan and sometime pro-wrestling snob.
1: And I'm Rich Coney, Wrestling addicts to the Max.
0: And we're going to be all over AEW Dynamite on TNT. We'd like to thank Spotify Pulse for hosting and urge you all to subscribe and rate the podcast whenever the hell it turns up on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket and wherever you get your pods.
1: New episodes will go up Wednesday at about eleven PM right after the show to feel your need for instant reaction ready for your morning commute. Let's get to the show.
0: All right. Let's start by talking about the tag title tournament. We opened with the Private Party and Lucha Bros match. Uh how do you feel about them not doing any intros to the match and just starting with Everybody in the Ring?
1: I mean that was a little weird. But I mean at the same time, I think it's also early enough that because we're not really accustomed to the theme songs, and I don't know if the crowd really is completely. Um, I, I don't know if you get that pop anyway. So it, it just felt like they were getting right into it. You know, you weren't wasting any time, and it just felt like there was going to be an action-packed episode because of that.
0: Yeah. If it, I mean, it's not starting in the middle of something. It's not Meteorist, but it feels close enough to it for a wrestling show. I, like. We're used to starting with either music, like, this match is happening right now, and then you get the music, or that in-ring promo, and starting with this felt different, it felt fresh, and I approve.
1: Yeah, I was really a big fan of that, and I mean, I think overall, for me, the match was just fantastic. Uh, you know, it it was actually, in some ways, for me, very much or very much Lucha-influenced. I felt like Private Party kind of m- went more with Lucha Brothers' style, uh, just some of the spots that were that they went for. I think there was that uh, Huda camarada to the top uh, from the top of Penta, that then led to him doing Canadian Destroyer, which is kind of ridiculous. But it's also the kind of stuff that I really like about Lucha Libre. So seeing it here was a, a treat as well.
0: Um, I thought it was interesting of the, of Private Party to go that way because I don't think they looked as good in this kind of match. I thought they seemed a little sloppy and got a little bit lost. Um, the match was still really freaking good but but it prevented it from being uh, my favorite match of the night just because occasionally Private Party looked I mean not look quite like they couldn't keep up but like they couldn't work tight in that style. There was, there was just a looseness to it.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, that this may have brought them a little bit outside their comfort zone. So it, it really just, it was really the Lucha Brothers match. And I think uh, not only do they win, you know, in terms of the the show here, but I just felt like they, they had a better performance the match overall.
0: Fair enough. I mean, if, the, if last week was about Penta, this one was about Phoenix, right? Like he was completely incredible the entire match just really crisp really on point really tight with everything sold super great absolutely everything
1: yeah and you know it's it's interesting because they end up bringing up later the the one-on-one match you know and and if if Phoenix will will go that route here in aew because you know he he just lost the triple championship to, to Kenny Omega uh, but you know obviously they're keeping them as a tag team here and it, I mean I would think going forward it would I think they're they're, they're crowned the first tag team champions, and then maybe you have Santana and Ortiz. You know, maybe they beat the Young Bucks, and then they they demand a title shot because they feel like they're the number one contenders.
0: I mean, I definitely see the Lucha Bros somewhat turning. This is literally the first match I think I've ever seen where there was a hot tag, there was a clear face team, heel team, and there was a direct hot tag to the heel team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you know. We we took, kind of broached that subject last week. This idea that you know who are the the real heels, and uh, f- for as much as the Lucha Brothers are are the heels because they've they have you know they took out Christopher Daniels the way they did everything, they they still also wrestle as a, as a face team. So it's you know I I think that uh, I, as you said, I believe we were talking about it. They're not really looking to make Anybody exclusively one thing or another. Except maybe, you know, like... like I mean, you said, Jericho's
0: group and Pac... Yeah, Jericho's group and Pac are pretty strongly heel. I feel like... Like, the definition between face and heel makes storytelling significantly easier. I mean... Uh, what's the thing I say all the time, Mark? Everyone thinks they can fix Aristotle, right? Like... Z- that stuff works for a reason. Like, we have protagonists and antagonists for a reason. It's really hard to tell stories without those tropes. It's really hard to keep the crowd in best understanding without those tropes. And maybe AEW will be the acceptor that can do it. But I think they're increasing their level of difficulty by a factor of about 100 by doing so.
1: Well, you know, I will say that uh, I was, I think it was Ortiz who was... Squeezing the the air horn obnoxiously during the interview later in the night. uh, That actually got to the point where it annoyed me. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, Um, effective use of an air horn.
0: I mean, the novelty of that was, whatever, we'll get to that later. Like, anything that's a novelty because pro wrestling in the mainstream, and even like in the not mainstream, has been the same thing for so long. Anything I've never seen before like that, I sort of mark out for um it seems like we're ready to move on to the next match of the tag tournament. You have any thoughts, any final thoughts sorry I guess any final thoughts on uh the first one?
1: No, I mean if anything, you know, good match and I I think for the next one we we can I mean I I thought it was pretty good as well. It's just as we kind of mentioned last week, this was a little predictable, so it kind of co- it really called on the the team that, both teams that lost to really do a good job of, of showcasing themselves here because they're not moving on in the tournament. And, uh, you know, kind of br- just segueing into the next match. I mean, one of the things that's crazy is, you know, Dark Order wins the, the tournament to get the bye, and then they lose the first match, and it's just uh, they, the advantage seems to do nothing for them. Uh, you know, and when wins and losses matter that, that kind of uh i don't know that that kind of booking to me for them it just seems like it's putting them in a bad spot
0: the dark order just aren't really getting over with me i really love smash brothers dark order is doing nothing jericho's crew wandering by stole their entire heat and like there wasn't a whole lot of heat for them to begin with um This being the second tag match in a row with no break in between left it feeling samey. And any doubt of the finish of this was taken away when the Lucha Brothers won the last match. So I'm not sure what was supposed to keep me invested in this. So it didn't. It ended up really just kind of boring me. And, like, I really hope the Dark Order just decides that, like, hey, we're going to lose matches if we keep being evil and go back to being Super Smash Brothers so I can be a very happy fan.
1: Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. I I do share your sentiments with just kind of being a little... a little uninterested. I mean, I was really more interested in what was going on in the crowd. You know, uh, I was... I kind of wanted to see more of that, which isn't isn't a good thing. Uh, I should be focusing on the uh, action in the ring. Uh, Unfortunately, I think this is something that happens at times right when things are trying to be developed and trying to act like it's organic and things like this uh, you end up having a match that kind of goes by the wayside because the commentary is talking about something else and they're focused on something else and I think we kind of had the same situation uh, go on here uh, unfortunately it's a the, the I really don't think the Dark Order did this help them in any way whatsoever so we got the uh no, we got the result that we thought we were going to get and unfortunately Dark Order seems to be moving in the same direction that they have been, which is kind of... Uh, if, it's, if they're not just simply stagnating uh, as opposed to everybody else who seems to be kind of moving up in some way or showing some sort of uh, development, uh, I I don't know. They're almost kind of slightly regressing because I feel like they're, the pops and the reactions to them are just minimal. Uh, they're really... Uh, shrinking by the week and you know I think you have people who are fans of them but uh, I hadn't seen a lot of their work and I just heard a lot about them to be honest with you I've seen some I've seen them you know pop up in in Ring of Honor and and enjoy their work there but you know later Ring of Honor and I just feel like of some of the talent there if if you're looking at this roster up and down and you're thinking about talent that people didn't know and how they're being uh, kind of marched out there, I I think Dark Order is one of the groups that's, right now, in the early going, getting a short end of the stick.
0: I very, very much agree. Um, I just want to note that at the end of the match, Evil had this huge false finish. I don't know what move he was going for, but it absolutely looked like it was countered by, uh, I believe, Scorpion Sky. And Ross and Giovanni are like, "Oh my God, what a huge counter!" And then Evil went for his big like near fall, which was the biggest fake uh, false finish of the match. And like, it just felt like a really good one second encapsulation of this entire segment. This is our, I think, the first big miss of the show.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, Liv Ross was kind of in rare form tonight, and I think we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. But it just seemed like he was a yeah, little he, grumpy.
0: Yeah, he's a jerk. Don't pick on Excalibur, you jerk. All right. Um, let's take the main event. So, Moxley, uh, fought, who is now the bastard, Pac. He, uh, Pac came out at the beginning, smashed Mock on the head, took over with a really cool offense. He is one of the f- uh, few heels I think, in the world who can work flashy and still get over as a heel in that manner. Um, takes him out. Mox fights back with incredible fire, um... I used to mock people who compared him to Stone Cold, but like in AEW, I can totally see it. He's got the same fire in his comebacks. He hits really goddamn hard. There's just, he's nailing it. He's completely nailing it. I love this match. It ends in a time limit draw, and I'd love to know what you think about that.
1: Hi, so I thought the match was really good. I agree with you, I think Mox is you know over in that you know irreverent uh, rule breaker way you know you get the the time limit draw and then he attacks the referee at the end. Now I will say for me, okay, I initially didn't like the draw, but I get it, but then the events afterwards where he attacks the ref made me go okay, fine. You know, this if wins and losses matter, then Pac can't you know, shouldn't lose here either. So this gives both of them a way mm-hmm. to get out of here scot free, and it still allows Mox to develop his character Mr. with the reference. Mr. Miracle? Mr. Miracle?
0: Yeah, scot free.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I, I just uh I think I think everything were, I, I think that actually was a really really good booking there it protects both guys. It you know, it was a big match to begin with that we were getting on TV. I like that there's not a real finish because you know, then I I mean I think that's a, a problem with some some products now that They don't really build the pay-per-view like that, you know, and I, this made me feel like it was building to the pay-per-view, you know, or like, this is a match that when I get to see it at some point on pay-per-view, I need to tune in because their match was, you know, indecisive.
0: It wouldn't shock me if within two weeks that this is a TV match and it just happens at the start of the show and then there's another non-finish. Um if they're going through classic wrestling history, this should lead to an Man match, right? Like, this should lead to... And you don't have to do an hour. You can usually do a 30-minute Ironman match, the Steamboat uh, recruit style. But, like, you've built something here, and they should not let it drop just because there's another match happening in two weeks of the pay-per-view. You get to the pay-per-view, and then you shift right into building the who can beat who of this feud.
1: It's good long term booking. I hope that's how they follow it and that this isn't just a one
0: off. I mean, so a thing they do in the next match we'll talk about, the Omega Janella match, is they did it in reverse where it felt like they had the blow off match and then they had the singles regular match that leaves the blow off match. Hopefully that doesn't become a habit because they're building. Um, what they're building with Jericho seems to lead a really, really organically into so whatever he's gonna lose the title to a cage match. And what they're doing with this seems to lead to a big barbed wire showdown for Omega and Mox and an Iron Man for the others. And like hopefully the stipulations mean something and they're not just gonna throw them at the wall. Because one of my favorite things about pro wrestling when it's done well, is that like you can use stipulations as a way to Enhance the storyline, like the storyline can lead to certain types of matches in a really organic way, and it makes those matches feel important and feel special. That's why Hell in Cell is Cell so stupid. That's so, a pay-per-view.
1: So, wait, so what exactly do you think type of feud leads to a, a Judy Bagwell in a pole match?
0: Um, so, it's one of those where Judy Bagwell keeps interfering, I think. But of uh, so legitimately one of my favorite wrestling matches ever was the Ted DiBiase and um Jim Duggan match from Mid South. And it's a coal miners tuxedo steel cage with one other stick that I'm missing because it's late at night and for the week. But like, there's four or five different steps in that one match, and there's no reason it should make sense, except that every step was meticulously built up by the storytelling in advance. Like, Dibiase's friends kept running and so it had to be in a steel cage, and they had a best-dressed man show off, uh, showdown, so that um they had to be in in their suits, and then like, Dibiase kept winning by using Coal Miner's gloves, so like, why not just get that in the match and get it out of the cheap realm of, and it was just like, Every stipulation built perfectly, and then they just beat the shit out of each other and did a wrestling moves for ten minutes and it's one of my favorite matches ever. It's just I want the story to lead to the stipulation match if you're going to do a stipulation match I even if it's even if even if a poll is involved
1: i just uh i I hope they don't you know they spread them out and we don't get them all we don't want them all at the same time you know they they need to be i think showcased separately
0: it doesn't seem like we're going to I would assume the only really really major uh, gimmick match we get on this first pay-per-view which his name escapes me do you happen to remember Full Gear ah Full Gear thank you the only thing that uh, stipulation match I would assume we're getting is the Mox Omega one I would assume that that ends up being somewhat no holds barred um, I don't think we're going to get any other stipulation match on this show alright that's fair Unless they do like one of the mid card death matchy ones that let me go to the bathroom because they hate death matchy stuff.
1: Same. Well, I mean, uh yeah. matchy stuff. Uh, we had Omega and Janela up next, uh, so I think. I mean, one i one thing I didn't like from the get go was Janela's mu- uh, entrance being like muted or like he was this picture in picture. They they didn't have it front and center. Uh, I understand timing issues and commercials and things like that, but uh, he he feels like someone who who especially if he's gonna go into this match and against Omega, you assume that he was gonna lose. Y- you want to make sure he gets as much face time as possible. He's got a lot of charisma, uh, you know. Especially when he's walking down to the ring, I think he's uh, he's really entertaining, and I, I I think it was. I mean, it's a minor gripe, I suppose. Because it wasn't terribly long and he stretched it out, but I, I think also when you he's somebody who's recognizable that when he comes out he does get a pop and hearing that pop makes a difference.
0: I agree. There were a few times tonight where that happened and I'm just not a fan. Like for the if you're starting the show that way, fine, but unless the guy's a jobber, there need to be entrances. You need to train the audience for music, honestly you need to train them to pop when that music hits. And, like, popping during the match is obviously also important. We're not looking for a dead match. But that immediate entrance pop, that immediate, like, shock of recognition and excitement is an important part of the experience.
1: True. Uh, I, I like the match overall, though. I, I thought, uh, I mean, they really work well together. I, I hope to see them again as well. I just thought that uh, Janela kind of really... He can change a little bit depending on the match, which I, I enjoy about him. So he can kind of really throw down with Omega for a little bit, and then you can just kind of get crazy. And I thought that we got to see both sides of that here.
0: I thought, I mean, Kenny Omega is genetically incapable of having a bad match. He can have a match that's not spectacular, but he is not capable of having a bad match. He's just too good at this point. Chanela was fine. I'm not sure what story he was trying to tell. He wasn't like telling the I'm smarter or I'm faster. Like, he was just kind of trying really hard, which was nice, but like I'm trying really hard and you're tr- trying really hard leads to kind of the two wrestlers taking turns doing fancy shit. And that's not super ideal for me. So it was good be- mostly because Omega's really good. Both of them can sell a little bit. So it was a good little match. But, like, the This Is Awesome type thing for this match just doesn't. It's not a thing I really believe in. It was just, it was fine. It was good. And Omega is stupid over, which really helps every match he's in. But it wasn't a favorite.
1: Yeah, it wasn't my favorite match of the night. But at the same time, they still have those crowds that are, you know, popping for a lot. And they're really hot. So they're taking matches that. You know, are are okay, and and making them, I think, come off as uh, much more important, or at least enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I wasn't bored. Literally, I've been bored. It's been four weeks, and there's been one match that bored me, and we already talked about that. Um, other thing, please, 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 can someone tell Jim Ross it's called a V trigger? Please, pretty please. Let's just be like, "Hey, V trigger. You've 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 called signature spots before. Like, pretend you're recognizing that this is one."
1: I'll call it last. I call how I see it. I mean, he doesn't <laughs> care. It's I. I actually yeah. wonder. I wonder if he knows what it's called. He's like, "Now that's stupid. I'm not calling it that." V trigger. Well, like vagina. I'm not doing that. And he's just not saying it.
0: Fair enough. The other the other random announcer note for this match is them talking about pins once or twice a night is a nice change of pace from and making things seem like they matter. But analyzing the technique of every other pin all night is really goddamn annoying, and I need to take it down a notch. Uh,
1: I mean, there's a, there's a point where...
0: He got a leg. He didn't get a leg. He got a shoulder. He didn't get a shoulder. He did this, but he didn't it's like, all right guys, relax, relax Can you like Like if you're gonna go into that much detail about a pin, how about that much detail about a move and the placement of the hand or something, right? Like something a little more exciting.
1: Well yeah, I mean again, okay. I mean if you're thinking of if you're calling it like Kind of like a shoot, right? I mean, the the pin is the most important thing, so if you're analyzing the technique of it is analyzing the guy, you know, trying his best to win.
0: uh, Which would be great if they ever analyzed the technique of the pin that got three.
1: Well. True. That's a fair point. I don't think I've ever heard that.
0: They're like, man, that was a good pin. Man, that was a terrible pin. I can't believe that pin didn't work. And then they get three, and they're like, I'm the winner. It's like, god damn it. Like, if a touchdown wins a game, you're going to talk about that touchdown, right? That just, like, who won?
1: Uh, I think it's a conceit we have to accept, because they have to get excited that the the match is over.
0: Yeah, get excited about some cool moves, too. I'm just saying. Because that's what fans are excited about, right? So just getting excited about pins... If you're doing it too much, feels disingenuous.
1: Well, Jr. was downright angry. So,
0: well, he apparently hates Excalibur. He
1: also—I don't know that
0: at all. He's just straight bullying him in the middle of the show.
1: Well, he—the problem is, is that he's just on his own podcast. He—they quoted him saying, you know, that he essentially doesn't really love the product. But, you know, yeah. they're paying him some good money, and he, he likes working with the Young Bucks and, and Cody. So, it's like he's doing them a favor, almost. And yeah, would,
0: th- this week would was crazy. Person.
1: He messed up. He said something wrong, and then he's like, don't worry, I'll get it. Which I was like, <laughs> that, that was weird. Like, not my apologies, right? Just be like... Like just like it's almost like he was talking directly to his trolls. Like he just he just felt like that was going to be on Twitter and then he was just like don't worry I'll get it. Just kind of be like sarcastic. I I don't he got like angry at one point. Then he was talking, I don't know what he was talking about how there's 10 seconds to uh for a tag partner to get out of the ring which I uh
0: no one's ever said that. No, it was a nice it's, five try, it's
1: five seconds, first no, of all.
0: No, it's not. That's what they're saying. They're saying it's usually five seconds, it's always been five seconds in the past, but for this company, it's ten seconds. Well, you can't change That's it. The big
1: yeah, but then I started counting after that, and they weren't doing it by ten either.
0: Of course they weren't. It's their attempt at uh, flubbing it, because they don't apparently re- just refuse to say, we have relaxed rules here for this kind of thing. Ah. Uh. So instead of admitting that the rules are relaxed, they're going to. So you didn't pull out
1: your phone to time to make sure that they were doing 10 seconds?
0: Um, I do, did not. I also don't super care about that kind of thing. I wish they would just say they are doing relaxed rules so that people on the internet would stop complaining about it. Yeah. But I don't super care one way or the other. I'm not going to pretend I do. Like, it's just, it's fine. We've all watched so much tag wrestling like the five seconds is a thing that's only ever really mattered when they need it to and uh, this is the Young Bucks company so giant 20 minute long tag team spot fests are just going to be a thing that happens
1: fair point uh, then you have uh, moving to the next segment we had Tony interviewing Cody in the ring uh, what did you think of this segment overall
0: um I mean, it was my favorite segment of the night. It was things I hadn't seen and really cool moments and very solid logic for the most part. Really good. Cody comes out. He's like, I have a major announcement. He gets air horned and booed into oblivion, decides that he's going to go fight Jericho and his crew in the stands. Um, Jericho's like, there's four of us and one of you where Jack Swagger was. It's not explained. Um, and Cody waits, and then his brother comes out, and then MJF comes out, and then in the big surprise, DDP comes out. It was very cool. They went, they fought, Cody punched through a window, they fought in the concession. It felt very... It didn't feel real, but it felt raw in a really good way. Um, I Absolutely loved it. Um, literally zero explanation of where the young bucks were, which would have been nice given that they're literally involved in this feud. But beyond that, I thought this was just excellent. Like, um, also, we what was Cody's announcement?
1: Uh, I'm just blanking out right now. What do you, uh...
0: he, he didn't say it. He just said, so I've got this major announcement and that's when Jericho interrupted. And we never came back to
1: it. That's right. I was like, wait a minute. This is an unfair quiz. I don't know the answer to this one somehow. Uh, Yeah, that's uh, not cool. (laughs) Not a fan of that. I don't even... I mean, they have to... Something should be on. I mean, uh, maybe they'll put it on AEW Dark. Or maybe they'll just recap it and he will start the next episode. That is really yeah. annoying.
0: Let's just hope they don't drop it. I mean, I think it's a reasonable way to get people to tune in or to check the Twitter or whatever. It's just, it was interesting that, like, like the announcers can talk about every pin. They need to be mentioning that kind of thing, right? Like, But wait, what was Cody's announcement? we got to know, that kind of thing. Because now then it's not something that was missed. It's something that is hyped, and that's an important change.
1: Probably tweet it out later.
0: Maybe, maybe, but they have to be careful with that because there are fans that will just straight up not like check the Twitter, or follow the Instagram, and so on. So they need to not act like that's the only way you can follow the full story. And they've done a really good job so far. In fairness, uh, the first week was a little inside, but like since then, they've done a really good job of making sure that everything important to the story happens on the main show or is referenced on the main show. So I don't think they're just going to drop the ball on this, but you know, also please don't drop the ball on this.
1: Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed it just as much as you did. Uh, I just I, I liked the the brawling was fun, them coming out. I mean, it was so pro wrestling, right? Like that his friends come out one by one. Yeah. Right? Like Like at this point, right? So here's my thing: if I'm Jericho Screw and these dudes li- like are actually coming out one by one, right? Mm-hmm. Like once the f-
0: like, get the hell out of Dodge. They did. That's what they did. They hid behind the. They go- went and locked themselves in. I mean, I don't know. They did. They went and locked themselves behind the door. Like given Goldberg's history, no one expected Cody to punch through a window. <laughs> ah,
1: screw you, Goldberg. Uh,
0: <laughs> gimmick the windows, stupid. All right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but um, I, I, I agree. I, I really enjoyed it, and it was, it was super fun. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to remember that segment, which is rare, right? I like, think about how many times you've seen someone in the ring talking, and it's just like a blip on a radar, and you can sort of tune out, and it doesn't mean anything. Everything from the air horns to the everyone coming out to the window to the big fight in the lobby felt special, and that's a really neat trick for what amounts to the same brawl they've done in the past three weeks—it just felt cool.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. I I was a little confused by the the lack of the Bucks, though. Uh, I don't know. And also, I mean, this is a prime. But it's
0: it's so easy to cover. You just say um, the Bucks. The you have the Bucks say we would have loved to come out, but we knew our match was next, and wins and losses are so important that we couldn't just blow it off. Yeah. Boom.
1: And also, I would have put Glacier instead of DDP, but that's just uh, it's my personal preference, and uh, I think they should actually adhere to that. Uh, but speaking of the Bucks, they took on the Best Friends. Uh, what would you think of this match? Uh,
0: the Best Friends might be... My, best Friends plus Orange Cassidy might be my favorite act in the company. Like, my favorite worker in the company, my favorite wrestler in the company right now, besides Goldust, because Goldust for life, is... Um, uh, Pentagon right but the best friends are my favorite act they are delightful everything they do is great They're, um, Chuck is super entertaining and Orange Cassidy is a genius of performance art if not necessarily professional wrestling and watching the Bucks work heel against them was great it was a really really fun match
1: Yeah, I mean, this actually probably ends up being my favorite match of the night. Uh, Okay, so, I mean, first, I want to know, like, on commentary, like, it it was clear that Excalibur was going to be for Orange Cassidy, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose, you know, but the way that Tony and Jim Ross were just like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the the bookstore sold it. I mean, is that like the end of that? Is he gonna t- like? That's what he's done on the Indies before. I really, I really, I at first I was like, "What is this?" And now, I've come to really appreciate it. You know, um,
0: wait, what appreciate? What you're pronouncing too much? I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Uh, appreciate his the his the that kind of like weird. You know, he's not really hitting them with super kicks. Just kind of going through these. Mm-hmm mini-motions, I, I really, I've enjoyed that, uh, but at first, I, I, it was a little weird, uh, it's, it's also on, like, if they're gonna have other people react to it, or if this is just, he, you know, he does that and that's it, if this is a one-time deal, like, just a reference to it, I, I, uh, you know, and, and I wonder if he's gonna get a match of his own too, because, you know, he seems like he's just kind of with uh, the best friends, which I love together, and I, it's why I enjoy this match so much. Uh, but JR getting angry about them hugging was, uh, I don't know, felt, uh, felt wrong. Shouldn't He shouldn't, uh, he shouldn't uh, go that far.
0: JR making fun of, this is what I referenced twice already, I think, but J.R. making fun of Excalibur for, um, calling him sloth-like and laconic, and then, like, making Shivani laugh at him with him, and then Shivani having to, like, apologize, like, we're just ribbing you on air, was real awkward. Yeah. It just, it didn't come off well, and it took me out of the match a little bit. This might have been my favorite match, but that moment really, really hurt it.
1: Yeah, it was it was really weird. I mean, it's it's also because we've never known JR to be... A bully. Yeah, you know. Okay. And I, I don't know. It's just an interesting. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a gimmick, right?
0: No, I, I think he's just kind of grumpy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Either way, Orange Cassidy is the third most over person in the company. I think. Well, the third most over face in the company, after um. After Mox, after Moxley and Omega in some order, and Cody, I guess maybe fourth, but like he's more over than the Bucks.
1: No, I mean people like, really love him, man. He's it's crazy. Like,
0: like Omega, Moxley, and um, blah, Cody are silly over for fairly obvious reasons, but people like adore Orange Cassidy. They should probably capitalize on that instead of like. I don't know. Having him be a manager, a glorified manager.
1: Yeah, hopefully I change it soon. I mean, it's still a little bit early on. Uh, still,
0: match was really fun, and it was a way for the Bucks to get their heat back. But also, please stop calling them the best tag team in the world when they were eliminated in round one of the tag team tournament. Wins and losses can't matter, and the Bucks are the best tag team in the world.
1: Well, I mean, in terms of like their, you know, what they've done already. I think that they can still call him that and it doesn't bug me. They're the best tech team in the world on an off night.
0: Yeah, I guess. Then the Lucha brothers are right there being better than them, but whatever. Um still great great match.
1: Yep, and then uh last last match we'll talk about is uh Hater versus uh Britt Baker. Uh, Baker's from Pittsburgh, so they had a video package for her, which I thought was really well done. You know, kind of uh, hype, uh, you know, hype, hype everyone up, and kind of explain a little bit about why this is a special night for her, being in Pittsburgh. So uh, she, uh, you know, Hater's uh, new here, uh, but uh, I, they gave her, I think, uh, a good amount of, uh, you know, time to kind of show her offense off for a bit here and in, in, in the way to to get some heat on Baker so she can get the uh you know she can come back and, and 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 persevere and win the match and and that's exactly what she does here i thought she looked better than she uh had before you know and I, I think the 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 hometown crowd was was behind her and you know she seemed pretty over there so i think the the segment achieved uh what they were looking for
0: I dig it. It was a fine match. Um, it made Brit look good, and that's what they've been trying to do for the past few weeks. So Britt looked good. She got her heat back from her loss last week. Cool. Nothing special. All right, ready for our weekly awards? Yep. What are, you, what are your thoughts on grade? Uh, so I'm going to stick with
1: a... I'm going to go with a B-plus on the strength of Dipping Dots. That brawl over there, I uh, I really enjoyed that. Dimming dots are disgusting. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't buy them, but... <laughs> I was excited to see the I was excited to see it there, because I, I remember many times screaming at my parents to get me dimming dots. And then the first time I got them, realizing this is why they wouldn't let me get this.
0: Yeah, no, I... I've eaten other people's dip and dots on occasion in my life and been disappointed every time. And every once in a while, Noah makes me get them, eats two spoonfuls, doesn't like them, and then I sit there and stare at dip and dots angrily for like two hours. Noah being my son, if since literally no one that you here knows that, right? Um, show. I think B plus is probably the right grade. Um, uh, the wrestling was very good almost all around as always. And there's one segment that I think I'm gonna remember for years. So actually, you know what, A minus? Like, how often does a wrestling show have a segment that I'm gonna remember for years?
1: I get that. I mean, I'm gonna stick with B because just uh I think it'll be one of those shows that you'll maybe put on in you know, the future. Like, oh that crazy that crazy bro, I wanna see that and then you'll watch it and you'll be like, Oh man, the rest of the show was okay, but yeah, you know, oh, that was I really mean,
0: cool. I mean I just I think the rest of the show is good, but Dude, do, do you do you ever okay. Time out. Like, when's the last time you rewatched a weekly T V show of wrestling? They're pop media. They're not things you really go back and rewatch, right?
1: I mean I just fall into WWE network holes sometimes and just thumb through like random stuff.
0: Me too, but almost always pay per view level stuff. Almost And almost never TV show level. Well, outside of Mid-South, which didn't really have pay-per-views, right? I almost always just do pay-per-view level stuff, like big shows. Yeah. Not Paul White's.
1: Yeah, normally shows. normally I do too. But there's a couple Twitter accounts I've, I've come across where I wake up on, I think, on the weekends and they're actually just writing stuff about like a random WCW Night show. So I just, I go to follow it
0: so that... uh <laughs> the so sense. Follow on Twitter? Yes. You're I know we're doing a wrestling podcast right now, but you're a nerd. <laughs> oh my god,
1: okay. Diesel's. Diesel's arrived for our next award, the overall most overmatch <laughs> segment or person or thing of the week.
0: I think the pop when Cody came out was bonkers. Like, the crowd is losing their mind for him, and it's also... Of all their major guys, he's the one who's wrestled at least so far, so it makes him feel really special. So I'm gonna give it to Cody. Omega's was really over, and the uh, Orange Cassidy is gonna win this one week.
1: I'm it's, it's tough. I mean, I thought Mox when he attacked the ref that for that for me that was it was great because you could see the you know, you could see that there was a reaction that the, the, the because of it was a draw, people were like, oh, man. And I think that him doing that in that moment they had always set up to do it, but it just got, it won everyone over so quickly.
0: I dig it. Uh, the Elite, what was the single best moment spot match segment, whatever what was the best thing that happened?
1: And this just, it's gonna, I, I'm telling you, for me, it was the air horn, I,
0: I mean, go for it.
1: Yeah, it, it just, it, because I was laughing, right, because I've gone, I've been at, like, lucha shows, and I've even been, like, a, a lucha show attended by, like, you know, let's say 200 people in, like, a high school gym, and they're doing the air horns, and I dig it, and it's fine, but. So I I, I kind of popped for them, and then I legitimately got annoyed. And I was like, all right, guys, like this, we're going to listen to the interview. Like, what are you doing, you know? The the show can't go on because of this. So it, it, it really got a reaction out of me. And that doesn't happen a lot, so I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with that whole segment. If it isn't clear by now, I totally marked out for it. Like, I just sat there like, oh, my God, oh, my God, the whole segment. Completely loved it. Favorite thing that happened in the night like, in a fair, in a landslide.
1: Agreed. And, um, now we go to the last award, uh, best match of the night.
0: Alright. I have the main event, the Mox Omega match is the match of the night. Um, basically, anytime you get two dudes who hate each other hard and really sell until a clear story, that's my favorite match. I also really enjoyed both the very first match, the Butcher Brothers uh, are always fantastic, and the Best Friends match. And the Best Friends match might have actually added to this because I just really think they're delightful and the Bucks were on the right wavelength with them, but the announcing really took me out of the match and I spent a good five minutes of the match just being annoyed.
1: I think I somehow zoned out some of that. Uh, I mean, like I, I heard it, but I, I don't know. I was I just really liked that match so much. I thought that for me... I don't know, it was just, it hit everything that I kind of want to see, I I, I was entertained, I was into it, Uh, I mean, I kind of knew that the Young Bucks were going to win, but I don't know, I had a really fun ride along the way, and I don't often say that about a match when I I know who's going to come out the winner, so uh, kudos to them, you know. May not be everybody else's uh, favorite match uh, or best wrestling match of the night, but if wrestling is supposed to entertain me, then that match entertained me the most.
0: Did you give a lot of kudos? Did you ever have kudos like yes, candy granola bars? Yes, because I did. every time you say it, I start like imagining chocolate bars. Just so you know, every time, like a hundred percent. I'm gonna start using mm, other, candy bars.
1: I'm gonna start saying ran- other random uh, candy bars, and to be like, you know, and what you're gonna call it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a Snickers for the night. <laughs> Hope, hopefully, this episode of All Over satisfied you. We out. Goodbye
1: and good night.